Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, now, Lord, as we come to this time of opening your word, Father, I pray that you would open our ears and humble our hearts, Lord, so that we not only hear your word today, but, Lord, that we would leave here committed to your word, committed to molding our lives to your word. Lord, transform us by your word today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We'll be looking at chapter 1, verse 5, and then chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 this morning. 2 Timothy 1, 5, and then 3, 14 through 17. If you do not have a Bible, you can grab one of the pew Bibles there. And that's page 935 and 936 in the Pew Bible. Page 935 and 936 in the Pew Bible. <clears throat> and if you don't have your own Bible at home, uh, then please take that Bible, that Pew Bible, as our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. Take it, use it, and let it bless you. 2 Timothy 1, 5, and then 3, 14 through 17. You know, parenting is one of the most toughest most difficult, yet one of the most important jobs a person can take on in life. I remember when Gabby was born, uh, as we, you know, got ready to take her home, you know, young parents, what, all right, you, you want us to take this baby home and, and, and we're supposed, where's the instruction manual, right? It, it's kind of a daunting task. We, we've never done this before. I don't even take care of my dog that well, so now you're going to trust me with this baby? It's scary. It's a scary time in life when we first have to take home that, that child, and, and sometimes you feel like as a parent you're just faking it till you make it, right? Just, just got to get along and, and do the best we can. But praise be to God, babies are tough, and God is gracious, and as we go along, we, we tend to get the hang of things, and we kind of get in step. And if we follow God's direction, then we'll be great and wonderful, successful parents. We'll, we'll raise our children to be godly children. Now, think about this for a moment. In perspective, you only have a few years, about 18 years, to pour into your children, to mold them and make them into the adults they will become. 18 years, that's not long. That's not long at all. You just, parents, you just have them for a short moment of their life. And what you do in those 18 years will have a lasting effect. It will follow them the rest of their lives. They will live out what you, you have poured into them, they'll live that out for the rest of their lives. Oh, what a, a, an important time that you have, parents, to, to pour into, to, to mold and shape your children so that they may grow up to be godly and productive adults. So you need to make the most of those few years. You need to make the absolute most of them to do all that you can do to prepare your children, not only for this life, but for 
eternity. Because this life is not very long. But eternity, that's forever. So are you molding and shaping your children? Are you preparing them not only for their future in this world, but are you preparing them for eternity? That's the greater question. The most important commitment that you have as a parent is to commit to preparing your children for eternity. Preparing them by creating them a heart that loves Jesus Christ. Preparing them to be Christ-centered in their life, Christ-exalting in their life, raising them to be godly children. So listen to me, parents. Godly parents are committed to raising godly children. Godly parents are committed to raising godly children, and we need to understand that, and we need to be committed to that, parents. You need to be committed. If nothing else in life, be committed to raising your children to be godly children. Now today, as we, we look at these texts here in Second Timothy, I want us to, to see three commitments of godly parents. Three commitments of godly parents. That's three commitments that will help you, parents, raise up your children to be godly children. So parents, if you want to see your children come to faith and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, make these commitments. Make sure you are committed to these three things at the very least. Now, as we look at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, uh, here Paul is, is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, giving him instruction on how to be a, a godly pastor, how to be a faithful pastor, how to lead the church. That's what Timothy's doing at this point in his life. He is a, a pastor, and, God, and Paul had left him at the, the city of Ephesus, at the church of Ephesus, and there he is working on the field, and he is trying to be a godly pastor. And so T Paul is writing him, giving him instruction on how to be a, a godly pastor. But, but in the letter, he also reflects on Timothy's upbringing, on how his godly mother and grandmother raised him to be a godly man. So they were committed, right? The, this mother and grandmother, they were committed to raising Timothy up to be a godly man, and their commitment paid off. And so let's see what we can learn from this godly mother and godly grandmother today as we commit to be godly parents to our children. So if you found your place there in 2 Timothy, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Starting in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And then flip over to chapter 3, starting in verse 14. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom 
you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, as we look at our text this morning, the first commitment that we find here in our text is this. Godly parents are committed to the faith. Godly parents are committed to the faith. That is faith in Jesus Christ, the faith. Not just faith, right? Uh, you, you can, people have a tendency to use this term kind of broadly, committed to faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in Christ. It must be faith in Christ because salvation comes by Christ alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's faith in Jesus Christ. Be committed to the faith, faith in Christ. We see here that Timothy's, his his mother and grandmother were committed to the faith i am reminded of your sincere faith young timothy a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother lois and in your mother eunice and now i am sure dwells in you we see here that lois and eunice they had a sincere faith they had a sincere faith godly parents are committed to the faith they have a sincere faith Just like Lois and Eunice, they have a sincere faith. Now, a sincere faith means that it's committed. It's not a phony faith. It's not a hypocritical faith. It's the opposite of that. Now, we've seen people who are are like that, right? They're they're hypocritical in their faith. They, They come to church on Sunday, and they put on their church mask. Right? That's their Christian mask, and they put it on, and, and they're like holier than thou on, on Sunday, and everything's just right with the world, and, and they just look like this, this godly person. But then on Monday, they wake up and they put on their secular face, and, and they go tell dirty jokes at the water cooler, and they, they, they chew people out for no reason. Right? They don't show godly character in the rest of their life. They only put on the mask for Sunday because they want their, their church folks to, to see them as this godly person, but then they take that off when they go home, and what their children see is something completely different than what they see at church. It's a different person altogether. You see, that wasn't Lois and that wasn't Eunice. They didn't have a hypocritical faith. They had a sincere faith. What they were in church was what they were at home, How is your faith? How is your faith? You see, that's where we understand the the sincerity of our faith. It's not how we act at church. It's how we act at home. How do we act towards our wife or our husband? How do we act towards our children? Are we showing them that, that we live out our faith? We don't just put that mask on on Sunday morning, but we live that out. We live out the faith the rest of the week. 
you see a godly parent, they have sincere faith. They, they show their children that they're, they're committed to Christ. Absolutely committed to Christ. Oh yeah, we still have our ups and downs, right? We still have our faults. We don't hide our faults. We show our children our faults, but we're able to say, look, I, this, is, this is a fault in me, and I, I, I'm sorry, right? We have to be able to confess our sins to our children sometimes. I can remember a few occasions, but one sticks out in my mind where I just had a bad day, right? I just had a bad day, and Gabby came, and she did something, and I was already mad, and, and I flew off the handle at her for no reason, and I can remember having to humble myself and go to my daughter and say, Gabby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't your fault. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have got onto you like that. You see, we have to show our faults. Yes, we have faults and we show those to our children, but we also show them that our strength is in Christ. We're, we're living for Christ. Godly parents have a sincere faith, but not only that, godly parents have an uh, imitable faith. An imitable faith. It's worthy of imitation, right? It's worthy of imitation. That's what Paul says about Lois and Eunice. He says, I saw this faith first in them. Now, Timothy, I see it in you. Why? Because that faith was imitable. It was worthy of imitation. And Timothy, as he grew up seeing his mother and grandmother live out their faith on a daily basis, he imitated that. He imitated their faith. Now, not too long ago, uh, may have been six or seven months ago, I don't know, but here a while back, old Montana was at our house. Now, Montana, for y'all who don't know Montana, he's three years old. He was probably two at the time, and he was at our house, and, and we're eating supper, and we were having tacos. Now, how do you eat a taco, right? You got to camp the head, and then it might take a bite. And, and so we were sitting there, and we had our hard-shell tacos, and I think we gave him just a, a wrap or something, you know, because he couldn't chew the, the hard shell. But uh, here we were. We were sitting there. We are eating our tacos. Right? Eating our tacos. And we got to look in it, and Montana was like, he was just watching us. He trying to figure all this out. And all of a sudden, he started doing this. He started going. And there for a while after that, you could ask him, Montana, how do you eat a taco? He was imitating us. And that's how kids learn. That's how our children learn. That's the primary way in which they learn. They learn by imitation. So parents, if you want your children to grow up be, to be godly adults, then you've got to live out your faith. You've got to demonstrate a sincere faith. You have to be committed to the faith. You have to be committed to Jesus Christ a parent, as, as parents, model sincere faith to your children. Show them your dependence upon Christ, right? Show them your dependence. Don't, don't act like you, you have it all together all the time. Don't act like you're, you're sinless. Don't do that. Let them see your faults, but then let them see that, that you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Let them see that. 
Show them your commitment to Christ. Show them that, that you're obedient to Christ. And it's not just an effort to win favor in Christ, but it's out of love for Christ that you, you strive to obey Christ. Model sincere faith. Godly parents are committed to the faith, faith in Christ. Second, godly parents are committed to God's word. Godly parents are committed to God's word. Go over there to chapter 3 now. And look at verses uh, 14 through 15. 14 through 15. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Now that whom there is a plural relative pronoun. It's plural. So he, he's not talking about himself. He's not talking about, you know, remember what I taught you. He's saying whom who taught him? His mother and grandmother. They're the ones who taught him. They're the ones who raised him up. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it, your mother and grandmother, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which, were, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Here is this godly mother and grandmother. Now, to let you know a little bit more about Timothy, we learn in Acts that Timothy's father was actually a, a Gentile. He was a Greek. So he, his father was probably a pagan, wasn't a believer. But we see that his mother and grandmother, they're, they're good Jewish women. And they grew up looking for the Messiah. They, they had faith in the Messiah who was to come. And then when, when Paul and Barnabas came through and they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the Messiah is Jesus Christ, they, yes, they believed. Amen. And they raised Timothy as a child. They raised Timothy up to, to pursue the Messiah, to seek the Messiah. They, they raised him in God's word. And so now, if you're going to raise your children according to the sacred writings, if you're going to raise them to, according to Scripture, then guess what? You have to be committed to learning God's Word. You've got to be committed to God's Word. You've got to be committed to learning it first yourself. You've got to be committed to studying God's Word and, and digging into it, and not just reading it occasionally. Parents, not just picking up God's Word on Sunday and listening to the sermon and that's it for the week. You need to be committed to studying God's Word. You need to be committed to digging into God's Word. These two ladies, they knew God's Word. They had studied it themselves. They had read it and studied it. They had dug down into the, the deeper parts of, of the text and they learned it themselves. Now, I'm not saying you have to become a scholar in, in God's Word. No, you don't have to become a scholar. But devote yourself to, to studying God's Word, reading it, digging down into it, learning what, what it means, what, what the Scripture is telling you, what it's teaching you, learning how to apply it to your lives. You've got, got to be committed to studying God's Word. Not only... Must you be committed to studying God's Word, but you also must be committed to conforming to God's Word. Conforming to God's Word. You see, we can study God's Word, and we can learn a whole lot of things about God's Word, but it do nothing for us. 
right? You can study a textbook all day long and you can learn a lot of good information, a lot of facts about a certain subject, but it has no lasting effect on your life. We don't approach God's Word that way. There's a lot of people who know a lot about God's Word, but they've never allowed God's Word to change them and transform them. It's just like a history book. They, they learn some good facts, and, and it's up there, and boy, if they ever get in trivial pursuit, Bible trivial pursuit, man, they might can answer some questions, but their life hasn't changed one bit. No, you've got to study God's Word. Then you have to apply God's Word to your life. What is this text saying? What is it teaching me? All right, now, how's my life need to change because of this Scripture? How's my life to change because of what this text is telling me to do? You have to conform to God's Word. Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, putting God's Word into our mind, but not leaving it there, but allowing that Word to transform us to be more like Jesus Christ. You see, as we conform to God's Word, we're not just conforming to a book because this is not just any ordinary book. This is the book about Jesus. And if we conform to this book, then we're conforming our lives to Jesus Christ. We've got to be conformed to Jesus. So you've got to be committed to God's Word. You've got to be committed to studying God's Word, to knowing it yourself. And then you've got to be committed to conforming to God's Word so your children can see that God's Word is changing you and shaping you. And then you have to be committed to teaching God's Word. You've got to be committed to teaching God's Word. That's what Lois and Eunice did. They taught it to Timothy. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. See, they learned it themselves, they conformed to it, and then they passed it right on to Timothy. Parents, your primary job in your children's life is to teach them God's Word. To raise them up knowing God's Word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. And these words that I command you today, that was the scriptures that Moses was giving to the people of Israel, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Man, the scriptures should permeate our lives at home. They should be all around us. We should bleed Bibliine, as uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon used to say. Uh, we should bleed scripture. If they cut us, then we just bleed the scriptures. That, that's how it should be. And, and the scriptures should pervade our home. We should take every opportunity to teach our children according to scriptures. Some of our greatest biblical discussions were, were driving down the road. A question arose. Gabby asked a question. Mayor Beth asked a question. Or we just thought of a question. And, and this question arose, and, and we discussed it. We, we said, well, what does the Bible say? What does God say about this issue? What does God say uh, about this, this thing, this event? You, you've got to teach your children. 
And parents, that's your primary responsibility. It's not mine. And it's not their life group teachers. You see, so many parents depend on the church to raise and educate their children in the Bible, but that's not the church's primary job. That's your job. As Moses was giving this word to the Israelites, he was talking to parents. He didn't say bring them down to the synagogue. He didn't say bring them down to the temple. He says, parents, teach these things to your children. Teach these things to your children. When you rise, when you, when you get up, when you, when you lay down, when you're walking here and there, when you're going to and fro, teach your children the scriptures. The church is here to assist you, to help you in that. And, and we want to do that. I want to do that. Their, their life group teachers want to do that. But it's not my primary job and their primary job to raise your children to know scriptures. That's your job. You just think about it. They're only at church just a few hours a week at most. But you have them 24-7. It's your job to raise them according to the scriptures, to teach them scripture. Parents, do you want to make a lasting impact on your children's lives? If so, then study God's word, conform your lives to God's word, and teach God's word to your children. For in teaching them God's word, dear friends, you will make them wise for salvation. You will make them wise for salvation. You see, this word here is the message of salvation by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. If you teach them God's word, you will make them wise for salvation. You will plow the field and you will get their hearts ready for that moment that Christ opens their hearts to see that they may come to faith in him. Oh, parents, be committed to God's word. How often do we see mamas and daddies pouring into their children to teach them how to throw a ball, how to catch a pass, how to pass a test? But how much more important is it that you teach them God's word? Parents, commit to God's word. Godly parents are committed to the faith. They're committed to God's word. And third, godly parents are committed to training their children in the faith. They're committed to training their children in the faith. This is kind of similar to what we just looked at, but, but uh, we're committed to training our children, training them up, raising them up in the faith. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We know that. Train up your child in the way he shall go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. They're going to do what you raised them to do, most likely. Now, as Paul continues on in, in Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, he re reveals here for us, the character of Scripture. Look at what it says there. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for, te for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
So he is giving us the characteristics of God's word here. Now, we see here, first of all, that Scripture is the inspired Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. It is God-breathed. God breathed it out. Although Scripture was written down by human authors, and we can say Paul wrote this or Peter wrote that, we can say that it was written down by human authors. Nevertheless, God, uh, God so worked through those human authors so that every word that we find in Scripture is not just the word of Paul or the word of Peter. It is God's word. This is God's word. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what we have in this Bible is not the, just the words of Paul and Peter and Mark and, and John and all the other authors, right? But it is the very word of God. God worked through them. It has their own character in it, right? They, they write according to their own personality. Nevertheless, everything that they wrote is the Word of God. So if you disobey this book, you disobey God. If you obey this book, then you obey God. This is God's Word. It is breathed out by God. But then he, he goes on to, to demonstrate for us the the prophet of God's word. The prophet of God's word. What it's, what it's good for, what it's useful for, what it does for us. Now, if you're a parent, if you're a godly parent committed to God's word and you're teaching God's word to your children, then this is what you're going to raise your children up to do, right? You're going to raise them just as God's word instructs us to raise them. You're going to be teaching them these things. So as the Bible teaches, so godly parents are to teach, first of all, right beliefs. You're to teach your children right beliefs. That's what we see here in this, these first couple of words for, for teaching and for reproof. For teaching and reproof. Now, the Greek words that Paul used here are related to what we believe. They're related to belief. So he's talking about teaching right, right belief, right thoughts, okay? Right beliefs, teaching right beliefs, and reproving or correcting wrong beliefs. We're to train up our children to believe right things. We're to teach them right beliefs, godly beliefs. Beliefs according to the truth of God's Word. Now, the secular culture wants to teach our children the theory of evolution, right? They want to teach our children that the theory of evolution is absolute fact, even though by definition it's a theory. They want to teach it as absolute fact. They want to teach that the Bible is just simple mythology, that the supernatural is unbelievable, that uh, sexuality is fluid, etc., 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 Right? The secular culture, they want the minds of your children. They want the minds of your children, and they are inundating them with secular belief. They get it at school. They get it on TV. They get it in social media. They get it everywhere that they turn. The secular culture is inundating them with secular philosophies. 
secular ideologies. They want to change your children's mind. You've got to out-teach the culture. You've got to out-train the culture. You've got to counter what the culture, the secular culture, is trying to force down your children, and you've got to teach them according to God's Word. You've got to do that. And let me just tell you, I've been looking at some statistics here lately, and, and parents aren't doing that. Parents aren't doing that. Christian parents aren't doing that. They're allowing secular culture to have control of their children and change their children to be secularists, not Christians. I've been looking here lately at the statistics on uh, cohabitation. And over the last decade, professing Christians have adopted the idea of cohabitation. Oh yeah, cohabitation, that's good. It's good that people live together before they get married, even though the Bible strictly prohibits it. Christians, professing Christians, are, are starting to approve of homosexuality at an alarming rate. Even though the Bible strictly prohibits homosexuality, it says that the homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yet Christians more and more are, are buying into the secular culture. They're buying into the secular ideology. And it's happening with the younger generations. Millennials and younger, they're buying into it. They're adopting that. Why? Because Christian parents aren't teaching their children Christian beliefs. They're not teaching their children according to Scripture. They're allowing the secular culture to grab their, their children's minds and run with them. And so we're starting to see the church becoming more and more secular in their mindset. Parents, you, are, you must be committed to teaching your children right beliefs. You must be committed to teaching your children according to the truth of God's Word, and God's Word is truth. God's Word defines all truth. Teach them according to God's Word. Teach them truth teach them right beliefs not only must you teach them right beliefs but you also must be committed to teaching them right behavior right behavior that's the second two words or the, the next two words in this little phrase here for teaching and reproof that's beliefs for correction and for training in righteousness this has to do with behavior with actions parents you have to be committed to correcting wrong behavior and training your children in right behavior. Well, a lot of parents don't like to hear the word discipline anymore. That's almost a, a, a dirty word in many, uh, many homes. We don't want to discipline our children. What? Tell my child no? You want me to tell my child no? Oh, I can't do that. So many people don't want to tell their children no. They want to just kind of let, let the teachers raise them, right? Let, let somebody else raise them. But I don't want to tell them no. I won't, don't want to deny anything from my child. And, and so more and more parents are just kind of letting their children run wild. And it shows. It shows. But Christian parents, you can't do that. You've got you've to teach your children right behavior correct wrong behavior and train them in right behavior you you've got a discipline 
Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. That's strong. If you don't discipline your children, you're not showing love for them. You're showing hate for them. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, understand this little this passage here is not just a proof text for spanking. It's not just talking about spanking. Although spanking is a way to discipline, it's not the only way to discipline. You've got to figure out on your, you know, per child what they respond to, but you have to discipline them. You have to teach them that some things are just wrong to do. And if you do them, there's, there's consequences. At the same time, you have to teach them right behaviors. This is wrong. This is the right thing to do. Teach them right behavior. And God does this for us, doesn't he? Hebrews 12, 6, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Praise God that he disciplines us. He works hard to, to, to correct our wrong behavior and teach us right behaviors. Parents, you must be committed to teaching right beliefs and right behaviors. Third, you have to be committed to teaching your children Christian service. You have to be committed to teaching them Christian service. This last little line here, verse 17 uh, it's for all of these things, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You need to teach your children Christian service. God created good works so that we might work in them, didn't he? Scripture tells us that. We're to give ourselves to Christian service. We're to work in the church. We're to work uh, for God outside of the church. We're to commit ourselves to Christian service. Now, Marybeth and I haven't gotten everything right. We've made plenty of mistakes in our days as parents, and, uh, you know, there's things that we, we regret doing. We would like to go back and change and, and do a little bit differently. But this is one thing I think that we did get right. By the grace of God, we got this one right. We have always taught Gabby Christian service. We have taught her to serve. I remember back in seminary, I was a part of a ministry where me and another guy, we, uh, we were kind of chaplains at this assisted living. And so every other Sunday, I would go to preach. He would preach one Sunday, I would preach the next. And so we kind of swapped out, and, and we would go, and we were chaplains for this assisted living. Well, on the Sundays that I went... Well, Mary Beth and Gabby, they went right along with me. And Gabby was the usher. <laughs> she, she worked as the usher. She was there. She was greeting people as they came in. And, and when it came time to, to take up the offering, because we, we would pass the plate, and they would like to give, so we would pass the plate, and, and she, was the, she, she took up the offering. Right? She served on every mission trip that we've ever been on. Gabby's been right there with us, and, and we, just, we didn't you know, tell her to go to the playground. Or she came along, and she served. She did everything that we did. One of my greatest memories, my most favored memories, is on a one-day mission trip in Forest City, Arkansas. Here we go out. We had signed up for evangelism, for door-to-door -door evangelism. And so here we go. It's Mary Beth 
Gabby, myself, and Anna Reed, kind of our second daughter. She was with us too. But uh, here we go, and we go on this apartment complex, and we start knocking on doors, knocking on doors, sharing our faith with the people who would come to the door. Well, we did this for just a few houses, and the next thing I know, Gabby and Anna, they're like, we want to do the next one. What? We want to do the next one. And so we, we let them start knocking on doors and sharing the gospel. And my greatest delight in life was to see my daughter share the gospel with a complete stranger, knocking on the door, sharing her faith with a complete stranger. Teach your children Christian service. Teach them to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Start them now. Don't resign them to the nursery or the playground. Right? Know their limitations. Know their limitations. Don't, don't make them do something that they physically can't do. Know their limitations, but then allow them to serve. In the places that they can serve, allow them to serve. Put them to work. Let them get busy. Because one day, they're going to take my place and your place, and they're going to be doing all the service. Teach them to serve from the very beginning. Teach them to serve. Teach them Christian service. Teach them to serve Christ. Parents, commit to training your children in the faith by investing in them and teaching them right beliefs, right behaviors, and Christian service. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I remember a father who came to me one time, almost in tears, lamenting the fact that his adult son had left the church. Left the church completely. He, he just wasn't interested in, in, in God. He wasn't interested in church anymore. And this father did everything he could. He begged him, come, come to church. Just come back to church. Get back in church. You need to be back in church. You, you need to be committed to your faith. Come on, get, get with it. He begged him. But his son just wasn't interested. I began to ask that father, well, how was his childhood? How was life as he was coming up? Were y'all committed to church? Did y'all go to church regularly? The father said, well, you know, we were there when we could be. But you know, he was a good ball player. And, and he got signed up on one of these traveling teams. So when traveling team, when that ball season came around, we were traveling the whole time. And, and we had to miss all during that time. And you know, well, we liked hunting and fishing. So, you know, when deer season would run around and turkey season come around, oh, we usually would miss... Uh, you know, some Sundays for that. Oh, well, you know, when bass were biting, then, you know, we might miss for that. That man grew up to do what his father taught him to do. His father had taught him to treasure the things of this world rather than the things of heaven. And so when his son grew to be a man, he chose the things of this world instead of the things of heaven. What about you, Christian parents? What are you teaching your children? 
What are you raising your children to be? Are you raising them up to be followers of Jesus Christ? To commit to Christ? Are you raising them to be committed to the faith? Committed to God's word? Committed to, to, to following Jesus? Are you raising them up to chase after the things of this world? Raise up a child in the way he shall go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Parents, commit to raising godly children. Commit to raising godly children. Put all that other stuff, all that other stuff that the world says is so important, all that other stuff they say that the world thinks is so beneficial, put it aside because it means nothing in eternity. Do you want to see your child play ball on Sunday or do you want to see him in heaven rejoicing at the throne of Jesus Christ? Where do you want to see your son? Where do you want to see your daughter prancing around on, a, on the ballet form or do you want to see her in heaven praising Christ? Forget what the world says is so important. Forget the temporal. Focus on the eternal. Commit to raising your children to know Jesus. Of course, if you're going to commit to raising your, your kids to know Christ, that begins by you knowing Christ. Let me ask you, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today? Have you surrendered your life to him? You see, it doesn't matter how much you serve, how much you do. If you don't know Jesus, all of that is for naught. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, period. Start there. Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? He died for you. He gave his life for you. He wants to lead you. He wants to be Lord of your life. Will you surrender to him? Surrender your life to Christ today. And when you surrender your life to Christ commit to your children to raise them up to know jesus to follow after him commit to raising godly children oh heavenly father lord this world wants our children they want our children they want to take them and, and mold them and make them into the secular image. Oh, but Father, let us be committed. Let us be committed today not to let the world have them, but let us be committed to giving them to you, surrendering them to you, so that our children may be used for your honor and your glory. Lord, that they may come to know you and worship you and know the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, let us commit to be godly parents, raising our children to be godly children. 
And Father God, if there's any today who do not know Jesus, Father, I pray that you would turn their hearts today. Let them see Christ. Let them trust in Christ. Save their soul today, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.